Therefore I, the Lord thy God, will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not, I will help thee. This is Jonathan Smith, and welcome to the In His Grip radio broadcast. Join me for the next few minutes for old-fashioned singing and preaching. When you think you're about to lose grip on faith and life, remember this, for I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord.
Amen. Which side of the cross are you on? We're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter number 5 this afternoon. 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. I'm going to read a couple verses here. We'll get right into the thought. I hope that you know without a shadow of a doubt which side of the cross that you are on. I hope that you're on the side of salvation, and I urge you today that if you don't know the Lord as your personal and Savior, Jesus Christ, that you'll give your life to Him before it's everlastingly too late. 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, I'll begin reading in verse number 14, and it says, For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then were all dead. And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Wherefore, henceforth, know we no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. <clears throat> Excuse me, this afternoon my sinuses have been giving me a fit. But that last verse is what I want to hone in on this afternoon. Therefore, if any man be in Christ Jesus, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Read one more verse before we get into the message this afternoon. It is in Philippians chapter number 1 and verse number 6. Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. And before I get into the message this afternoon, I just kind of like to say that we live in a world where everybody knows Christ. If you've ever been on visitation or anything like that, uh, you, you, you've come to see that everyone is saved in quotation marks you can't see me doing it but everyone is saved and everyone hopes that they will get to heaven everyone like i said believes in god but the bible tells us that even the devils believe and tremble now most people uh i would say most and i use that loosely as well will even go to church even fewer are going to go to church regularly. Less will even participate and give financially to the local church. Even more so, people will not give their time to the church. They just kind of show up as an obligation for just a few moments for the preaching and so forth, so the preacher won't call them uh, to figure out where they're at and, and so forth. So we, we, we see this era where people just think that going to church once or twice a week is going to cut it. We have some of those that uh, just think that because their name is on a membership roll that they're going to make it. But I want to tell you this afternoon that 
uh, salvation it has uh, fruits, if you will. And the Bible tells us that we should know one another by our fruits. And like I said at the beginning, I hope you know which side of the cross that you're on. But if, okay, and, and, and let me preface by saying this, I don't know if you are saved or not. Only you know whether you are saved or not. That is between you and God. It would be nice that if we had some kind of uh, 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 glasses that we could put on and distinguish who saves, not saved, and so forth. But I'm afraid there's been many a times in my short life, and uh, I'm kind of I'm not old enough for some and too young for another. So uh, it, it, it just I'm in a no man's land as far as age group is concerned. Right there, knocking on the door at 40. But but my my life, I have seen people that I thought you know we're lost you know just by my perception and then they get things right with god and god begin to use them and god begin to help them grow and it's like well miss that one and then there's been some that have went to the altar and gotten saved that if you were to ask me i'd be like based on their lifestyle based on who who they hang around and all that i would have just uh, uh, could have just bet if if i can use that word that these people uh, they're saved they might not be living exactly you know 100 none of us are but yeah they're saved there, I, there's no question in my life in in their life that 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 they're lost and but yet they were lost only an individual knows whether they are saved or not so i want to preface by saying that however i want to look at the evidence of salvation that's going to be the message for this afternoon took me a little while to kind of uh, get you to where i'm going this this afternoon but i want to look at some evidences of salvation again uh we'll go through this this afternoon and some of us will probably realize man i'm lacking there i, I need to uh get back on track I, I need to be the christian that that god expects me to be and so forth but uh the evidence is uh should be something that reveals what is already there you know some people can put on a show but it ain't gonna last for long uh, some people can put on a good act, but eventually they'll mess up. A true evidence is really what it is, true evidence. So let's look at some evidences of people that are saved, and we're going to look at this according to uh, the scriptures this afternoon. The first one I want to look at, we're going to go to John chapter number 4. John chapter number 4, and I'm going to read... Uh, verse 28, 29, and 39. John chapter 4, 28 says, The woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and saith to the men, Come see a man which told me all the things that I ever did, that ever I did. Is this not the Christ? And in verse 39, it says, And many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman which testified, He told me all that, I, that ever I did. 
<clears throat> so the first evidence this afternoon of someone that is truly a born-again Christian is that they become an immediate witness. And I would have to say amen to that. The Bible tells us that we're ashamed of him, that he would be ashamed of us. But I will tell you that if you're wondering if somebody's saved or not, one of the things that you'll find out very quickly, if they truly got born again, they want to tell everyone. Now, understand this. There's not much change that comes in the life of, of a young person that has been raised or grew up in church. They, there's not going to be a drastic difference in their life, but yet still they want to tell people and they are happy and they're excited. They're not ashamed about it. And, and somebody that wants to say, well, I got saved, but I want to keep that a secret. I don't know, but that throws a red flag. Again, only that person knows if they're saved or not, but somebody that is truly born again, we find it in the scripture here, this Samaritan woman, God sees the need to go through Samaria. He is talking to this woman that nobody wanted to have anything to do with, but yet he saw a need to go to her, called her out on her sin. I wish some preachers would do that today. Called her out on her sin, and she acknowledged that, got gloriously saved, but then she went back to the town and was a witness for God. And many others came to know him just because she said, there's a man that told me who I really was. So this Samaritan woman, she, she, she had been right there. She had feet that were in the Lord's service. She was willing to put work into uh, the fruit of her service, if you will. And it bothers me that people that say they've been saved for 20 years and they've never witnessed to anybody. They've never led anybody to Christ. And, it, you know, it's almost like they won the cure for the deadly disease that they had, but they want everybody else to die while they're holding on to the cure for the whole world. And that's literally what you're doing when you get saved and you do not share that with the world. She witnessed concerning Christ. And here's the thing. She had a testimony that led people to Christ. When someone gets gloriously saved and they become a witness, they might not know the Romans road. They might not know the Timothy Turnpike. They might not know the Ephesians Expressway, as we, we call it today. They may not be able to quote all the verses in the Bible and explain the doctrine of salvation. But there is one thing that they do know, is they know what God did for them. They have a story to tell. And might I tell you, my friend, if you are truly born again, you should become a witness and you should share that story uh, with the world. Second of all, this afternoon, we can go to the book of Luke, if you will. Luke chapter number eight. And we can see in verse 35, Luke 8, 35, it says, Then they went out to see what was done and came to Jesus and found the man out of whom the devils were departed, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Because they remembered this man to be something quite different. 
obviously, if he was clothed, it would assume to say that this man was running around naked all the time. It says the demons had departed. So he was a demon possessed. We call him the Gadarene maniac. But we find that when Jesus got a hold of his life and God saved him, something happened. He had a new nature. He was completely different than he was before. And we find, in, like in our initial passage, he had put off the old man, and now there's a new man living inside. So not only did he have a new nature, but he had a desire to follow Jesus. Because when they found Jesus, guess where he was? He was sitting right there with Jesus. And it bothers me how uh, people can and say, well, you know, so-and-so came to church the other day, and they got saved. And then you ask them, well, how's he doing in church? Well, I don't know. I haven't seen him since. I want to tell you, if somebody gets gloriously saved, they will be back to church. They may not come to that church. They could be from out of town or what have you, but they're going to find a Bible-believing church somewhere because something has changed in their life. They have a new nature. They have a desire to follow Jesus and to be in the house of God. I'm afraid what's happened to some of our saved people is that they've lost their first love. Now they love things more than they love God, and that's why people are not getting saved because good Lord, if God's people can't even make it to church, why should the lost even come to church? Can I have an amen right there? But this man becomes a different person. And what I'd like to put out here is that he becomes a different person outwardly. So we find there's this outward evidence, if you will. We're talking about the evidences of salvation. First, we see the Samaritan woman that becomes a witness, but this gathering maniac, he becomes a different person outwardly. He is now clothed. And it's about time for the summer where some preachers are going to have to start nailing down about dress code. People just seem to forget that from time to time. But he was clothed. He was in his right mind and he was commissioned to witness for Christ. So we see the evidence of salvation. Number one, you should become a witness like the Samaritan woman. Number two, there should be an outward difference that the people will notice. But we can also see in Luke chapter number 19, I can just turn a couple pages here, Luke chapter 19 and verse number 6, and it says here, And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And we're talking about Zacchaeus here. And then we go down to verse number 8, And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I will give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I will restore him fourfold. And what I look about here as evidence of salvation is that he becomes a person becomes different inwardly. So we see a person has to become a witness. We see a person has to become different outwardly. But you also become different on the inside. He received Christ joyfully. And I I would say that a a person that's saved should have a little bit of joy inside their life. They should have an open heart 
to the poor. We see Zacchaeus, he says, half of my goods I'm going to give away. We'll say, why is that? Because first, he was consumed about himself. He wanted to gain as much as he could for his personal interest. But once you get gloriously saved, my friend, you have a love for others, not for yourself. And I'm afraid that some of us that are saved, we need to take a lesson right here and just put a little insert for those that are backslid. Quit focusing on everything about yourself. Why don't you look around you and see some people that need help? And if you have the ability to do it, obviously Zacchaeus had money. So he said, I've got money and I've been saved and I'm so happy. I want to help people that don't have money. Why don't you get your eyes off of yourself? Why don't you get your uh, eyes off of your future uh, uh, 401k, your stocks, or whatever it is? Why, why don't you go out and do something for somebody else because you have the ability to do it? We see Zacchaeus does that. Say, so why did he do that? Because he became a different person on the inside. He also desired to repent of his unrighteous life. So we see first he received Christ joyfully. Second, we see he opened his heart to the poor. But then he said, hey, if I've done anybody wrong, I'm not just going to make it right, but I'm going to make it right four times over. And and I wish we'd had Christians that'd be like that and say, man, if I've done something wrong, hey, I want to make this right. And and I want to go above and beyond to making this right. We would have revival in our churches today. But we We can't expect God to do things when we're not willing to do things ourselves. And the evidence of salvation and the evidence or the fruit in someone's life is that they become a witness, that they become a different person on the outside, but they also become different on the inside inside. I'm I'm about sick and tired of hearing people misquote and misuse the verse. Well, God looketh on the heart and uh, okay, we get it. Hey, God looks at everything. He does look at the heart because out of the heart are the issues of life, but no one can see the heart except God. Do you know that you don't even know your heart because it is so desperately wicked? Only God knows the true evil of your heart. And when he takes a look at it, he's looking at the root of the problem. But if that root is fixed, then also does everything else around it gets fixed as well. We would be the witness we would need to be. We would be the person outwardly that we need to be. But we'd also be a different person inwardly. These are some evidences of salvation. Then we can go to the book of Acts. In chapter number 8, and we'll read verse number 37 and through verse 39. Acts 8, 37 to 39. And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still. And they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord called away Philip that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. So what we find here is the eunuch, the Ethiopian eunuch, and you say, what is it about him that is a outward evidence or inward evidence or just any evidence of salvation? The Samaritan woman was a witness. Gathering maniac was a different person 
outwardly. The Zacchaeus, he was a different person inwardly. But the Ethiopian eunuch, he becomes a follower of the scriptures. We find here that Philip was put in the path of this eunuch, and he began to look at the scriptures. And and he says, what hindereth me to be baptized? And and we go through this, and we see he gets baptized, and, and he follows the scriptures. And we believe that as a child of God, that you should follow the practice of baptism. And that is after salvation. Now, we know that some people, some doctrines like to mix this up and say, you are only saved once you're baptized. Then you have some that are contingent. You have to be saved, and then it's sealed with the baptism. And all of them are messed up, because here's the reality of it. When God saves you, you don't have to be baptized to go to heaven. But if you are following the ordinances of the Scripture, you will do that as a public testimony that you are a follower of the Scriptures and a follower of Christ. So first, before you're baptized, you have to confess Christ. And we know that he did. Then you follow the Lord in baptism. This would be like a marriage. When somebody is married, it is it is bound, it is done, and, and you don't have to have a wedding band on your finger. Okay? You can get married and never wear a wedding band, but that doesn't mean you're not married. You just don't have the outward symbol, if you will, that you that people can look on your hand and go, oh, he's got a ring on that finger on his left hand. He's a married man or she's a married woman. And that's what baptism is. It's more of a symbol of you're being proud of being identified with that bride. And when you are baptized, you are identifying to being the bride of Christ. And you will follow the Lord in baptism. And then you'll go on your way rejoicing. So we see some evidences of salvation. First of all, the Samaritan woman becomes a witness. The Gadarene maniac becomes a different person outwardly. Zacchaeus becomes a different person inwardly. The Ethiopian eunuch follows the scripture. But then we can go to the book of Acts and find the Philippian jailer. And you say, what is so important about this Philippian jailer? We know he gets saved, and we understand the story. He was willing to take his own life, and, and the Apostle Paul said, do thyself no harm. So what is the outward evidence, or what is the evidence of salvation with a Philippian jailer? I'm glad you asked. He becomes a supporter of the men of God. Oh, look out now. I'm fixing to step on some toes. If you cannot support the men of God that's, that preach the Bible, that live the life that God has called them to live, you might have a problem with the salvation factor because a person that's saved loves the men of God. And I know some people want to downplay that term. It's a biblical term. You will wash the preacher's stripes when he's abused. You will show kindness in your home to the preachers, and you will rejoice together in your salvation. So that's what the Philippian jailer did. He became a supporter of the men of God. Then we can look at the Apostle Paul. You become a servant of God. He surrendered his entire life to God. He preached Christ, and he realized that he was an ambassador for God's 
uh, uh, ministry. So the evidences of salvation is to be a witness, be different outwardly, be different inwardly, be a follower of the scriptures, love the men of God, be a servant to God, and we can do this. We just got to keep the word of God. We need to always have a forgiving spirit, and we need to live the crucified life. We have now come to the end of our time today. I hope and pray that today's broadcast was a help and blessing to you. If you wish to contact me, you can email me at inhisgrip at inbox.com. Again, that is inhisgrip at inbox.com. But before I go, I just want to remind you one more time that you are in his grip. Isaiah 41 13 says, For I, the Lord thy God, will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not, I will help thee. Join us at the same time next week for more old-fashioned singing and preaching. I am Jonathan Smith, and thank you for tuning in. You have been listening to the In His Grip radio broadcast.